Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, a new series that we're going to tackle today on the book of 1 Samuel. Today, uh, is we're on another surge of COVID. No? And I know a lot of us uh, have COVID or our relatives have COVID and uh, medicines are running out. You know, uh, people are getting sick because we are exposed and it's really a tough time, you know, and I think the message today would also coincide with what we are going through. The title of my message today is, Trials Can Make Us or Break Us. And the COVID trial can actually really make us or break us. COVID not only attacks us physically, but it also attacks us mentally. And if you got COVID, uh, sometimes the psychological part is really hard to overcome. So I hope that the message today that will be given and may the Lord speak through me would encourage all of us that despite having COVID or being exposed to people with COVID, that this trial would actually make us depend on God more than depending on ourselves. So this Sunday, we're starting a new series nga on 1 Samuel. And I'd like to ask a few questions no, to us this morning who's uh, worshipping with us at UECP. Have you ever wanted something so bad and you felt uh, it would never be given to you? Have you ever wanted to have a baby and yet, ang tagal mo nalaga antay pero wala pa rin? Hannah is the story that we're going to look at today. And she wanted a baby of her own. And yet God had closed her womb. So let's read uh, 1 Samuel 1, verse 1 to 20. Just follow me on the screen. Okay? So verse 1, it says, There was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. You see, year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival, which was Penina, kept provoking her in order to ir irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house, and in her deep anguish, 
Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. So do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I ask the Lord for him. Because I ask the Lord for him. You see, trials are part of life, and when we are in that trial, whatever that trial we are going through, COVID, uh, death of a loved one, um, wanting a baby and not being able to have one, whatever we are going through in this moment, it always seems dark. Okay? And in these dark times, that's when we need Jesus more in our life. We have to pray and keep trusting that God has a better plan than our minds can comprehend. See, when we read the narrative of Hannah, what would you feel if you were in the shoes of Hannah? If you were the first wife of a man, and yet you can't bear a child because the Lord has closed your womb, how would you face life? The story starts out with a very sad situation for Hannah. But in the end, her faith in God was not shaken and God blessed her with a child. I know that we are all not married, okay? That's uh, the one listening to our message today. But we can relate to this narrative because in one way or the other, we all face our own trials. But I hope that after this message, okay, each one of us, might have a renewal of our faith in God. But before I, would, before I start with my points, um, some would ask, no? does God encourage polygamy? Diba? But the answer is no. You know, he never encouraged polygamy, though it was tolerated. But He never endorsed it in Israel. But it is clear in Genesis 2.24 that God's plan for man is to be in union with one woman only. 
So my first uh, point for the message is trials are part of life. You know, trials are really part of life. In Hannah's case, her trial in life was to have faith that one day God would open her womb. And to make things worse, yung second wife, yung si Penina, was provoking her. You know, palagi siya niloko, palagi siya inaasal. You know, in the Old Testament time kasi, for a woman not being able to bear a child was a disgrace. Kahihiyan yun if you are not able to bear a child. And to be honest, most couples dream of having children until they have them and they realize, <laughs> mahirap pala. I'd just like to share a statistic that I came by uh, with. Um, in the United States, no, uh, 10 to 15 percent of couples actually are infertile. No, meaning um, 10 to 15 percent of couples cannot have children. So for me, it's a very high statistic. You know, I don't know why, but one thing I know: no, children are a gift from the Lord. Okay, so it's a gift from the Lord, and if the Lord decides not to give you one, it is God's right. Okay, and we have to trust in God's plan. Alam ko, mabilis sabihin, no? baka sabihin nyo, ikaw pastor kasi you have apat eh. So mabilis mo sabihin yan. But siguro, I'll, I'll also share to you, um, di naman kami apat agad eh, di ba? Nung nagpakasal kami ni um, wife ko, ni Loris, uh, two, or, uh, two years before we got married, uh, the doctor, the endocrinologist of Loris, told her that because of her thyroid problem, she would have difficulty in getting pregnant. And we also asked opinion of our OB, and the uh, OB doctor also said, uh, mas mahihirapan, no? So, um, we know how it is, no? Um, so, in our premarital class, that was asked of us, would you still push through with your wedding if you know you cannot have children? You know, so we discussed about that. We talked about our options. You know, and honestly, we said it's all right. If we, God does not give us one, then we uh, will still push through with our marriage. And that was, you know, so we know how it feels. No? And I can empathize with how Hannah feels and with how a lot of uh, the people who are listening, who want children but can't have one. Because iba talaga, no? A lot of us really want to have children. But you see, God is sovereign and in control. In the end, God still blessed us with uh, one boy and another boy and another boy and another boy. But you see, here was a woman named Hannah who meant grace, and yet the exact opposite had happened to her. The Lord closed her womb. And this trial made her unhappy, made her sad, but also made her angry. Angry at who? Penina. Because Penina kept on, you know, pushing the button. What's pushing the button? But ayaw mo pagka, bakit ayaw mo pa magkaanak? Bakit wala ka pang anak? So I think this is a reminder also for us today. Let's stop asking those couples who still, have, who still don't have children. Why do we keep on asking them? It's none of our business. Okay? 
and it doesn't help to keep on asking them. We're just pushing the button again and again and reminding them. Okay? So imagine the mental anguish Hannah was already going through. And here comes a person who should have understood her, and yet all Penina does is keep on pushing and pushing the bottom. You see, this trial that Hannah faced almost broke her. She would not eat and kept on weeping. You know, um, and I know some, some people who have been trying and trying, this is the same thing they're going through. So in this text, in verse 5, it was made clear that Elkanah loved Hannah. Now how? how? Look, in verse 5, okay, it says, um, Elkanah gave her a double portion. What does the double portion uh, connote? Here, the double portion shows the love or the favoritism of Elkanah towards Hannah. So why does Elkanah love Hannah, even if she could not bear him a child? In verse 5, it says, But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord, Yahweh, had closed her womb. So I think Elkanah understood what love is really about. Love is a commitment. It's not a feeling that changes as our mood changes. Love is not about what you can get but it's about what you can give. So as we go into marriage, we must remember that children are a gift and not a right. We often ask this question, di ba? In our marriage preparation class to sa mga gusto magpakasal, we, we ask them, if you know right now that you will not be blessed with children, will you still want to marry this person? And about this question will really get you thinking. You know, and it gets you to talk about the future, to talk about your feelings, to be honest. Of course, you can fake the answers, but it won't help your relationship. But in verse 8, Elkanah, her husband, would say to Hannah, Hannah, why are you weeping? No, but ka umiiyak. Why don't you eat? Why are you sad? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? You see, when I read this text, I see a typical husband and wife scenario. Most husbands uh, are more logical in their thinking. So to them, everything must have a solution. Diba? But for a wife, not everything can be solved in an instant. You see, when wives talk, they don't want the husbands to solve their problems. Again, listen ah, to all the husbands. When your wife is talking, they don't need a solution. So, ano gusto nila? They just want to be heard. Trust me. That's the answer. They want us to hear with our hearts. In the text from verse 1 to 9, I see three events that had tested Hannah's faith. Okay? The first would be the fact that the Lord had closed her womb. 
um, we don't understand why, but God did. And sometimes we will never know why God gives us this trial, but we have to trust in God's plan. Why? Because God's plan is always better. His plan is 100% better. That's why God changes yung plan natin. Kasi nga, mas maganda plan niya. Okay? Second, uh, trial that or uh, test that Hannah went through was being provoked again and again by Penina. Okay? Um, so, talaga, um, to all the husbands, one wife lang dapat talaga. Okay? But we see in the Bible, no? In the Old Testament time, uh, nag-aaway talaga pagdalawa. Saga and Hara quarreled over Abraham, Rachel and Leah, they fought over uh, Jacob. Okay? Uh, you see, anger. Okay? Anger can turn us into monsters. Especially when we are on the receiving end of insults and unkindness. Okay? But you know, um, Hannah shows us that it is possible to overcome anger. And this takes a lot of patience and perseverance. Okay? Because in the end, no, um, God will take care of you and God will be the one to protect you. The third event that I see in verse 1 to 9 is uh, sometimes husbands do not empathize or do not understand their wives actually. So in any relationship, many times, actually the cause of conflicts is communication. Uh, everyone wants to be heard but nobody wants to listen. Diba? Uh, for a relationship actually to grow and last, uh, I always keep in mind and teach um, the younger couples is you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Husbands, listen with the intent of understanding and not solving the problem. And also wives, don't talk too long because you will lose your husband after five minutes. My second point today is trials uh, either make us or break us from verse 10 to 16. So what did Hannah do in her desperate moments? In verse 10, in bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. So during her deepest and most painful moment, she broke down and came to the Lord. And I think this should also be our response. When we are broken, when we are hurting, when we are in that um, desperate time, we should run to the Lord. We should run to the Lord. She laid everything down before the Lord, not minding what others would say. Even Eli the priest accused her of being drunk. Okay? Uh, because in those times, pala in the Old Testament, uh, you pray aloud. No one prays silently. So that's why Eli thought that she was drunk. Okay? So one thing I learned in ministry is don't judge a book by its cover. Don't pretend uh, to know everything. Don't think that because you know, you're older, you know what a younger person is going through. No, don't judge when you don't know uh, what the person is going through or what his family background is. Instead, what I've learned with dealing with uh, people in ministry is we have to get to know them. We have to listen to their stories. And if they ask for help or suggestion, 
that's the time you give. If not, then don't give it because they don't ask any advice from you. In verse 11 to 13, we can see that despite her misery and bitterness, she still prayed to the Lord with a humble attitude. How did Hannah pray? Hannah prayed in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. She prayed sincerely from the heart. I believe God honors the prayers of those who are sincere and have a clear motive. See, uh, God doesn't care if you pray aloud or you pray silently, but all God wants us to do is to pray. Is to pray. So I like to ask us uh, who are listening here this morning is, when was the last time you prayed to the Lord with a sincere heart? When was the last time you prayed to the Lord with a sincere heart? When was the last time you just opened your voice to the Lord without being monotonous or just repeating prayers that you don't mean? And what keeps us from praying to the Lord in a spontaneous manner? Here we see Hannah, a woman who was facing one trial after the, after the other. And yet she chose to come to the Lord. She chose to stand by her faith in the Lord. She knew there was a chance that the Lord would not open her womb. Diba? But she still prayed to the Lord. How about us? How do we respond to our trials in life? Do we run to the Lord? Or do we run to other things? Some would ask, no? is it wrong to bargain with the Lord? No? Mali ba mag-bargain with the Lord? Honestly, I think there's nothing wrong okay, in bargaining with the Lord. Okay? Since the final decision is still up to God. But what is important is that when we bargain, it's our motive or yung request natin. You see, God sees our hearts and only He can see our true motives. When I read this narrative, I can't um, but stop recalling again the time uh, me and my wife, Loris, were praying to the Lord for a child. We didn't know what God had in store for us. And of course, I said in the opening that our doctors already told us, baka mahirapan kayo, Okay, And we did agree before the wedding that with or without children, we will obey the Lord. You see, trials are not meant to break us, but it is meant actually for us to lean on the Lord, to trust in the Lord, to trust God's promises, to trust God's word, to trust God's plan. So, it's all right if you have your own plans, but we have to be willing to trust God's plan. Trials are meant to mold us and help us to look to Jesus. Third, God honors the prayers of those who are faithful in verse 17 to 20. In this text, God saw the heart of Hannah. It was pure. It had no wrong motive. Thus, God remembered her. God gave her a child and that child was offered back to the Lord after he was weaned and ready to be taught. In verse 19, God remembered 
no? That uh, that word remembered, God remembered, is like a code, you know, that God uses when He wants to show favor or answer the request of a faithful follower. In Genesis eight verse one, God remembered Noah. In Genesis nineteen verse twenty nine, He remembered Abraham. In Genesis thirty twenty two, God remembered Rachel. In Exodus two twenty four, He remembered His covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And now, he remembered Hannah. This phrase shows us that God remembers those who have been faithful to him. And till the end, God will not let you be harmed. I'd like to end with a story to conclude the message uh, this morning. There was once a dad and a child, and they had a dog named Alan. Alan was hard to train. No, mahirap siya i-train. He would often run out of the house. No, lalabas yan. Pag naiwan mo, nakabukas yung door, he would run out. And the father and child said, ang hirap nitong aso. So they decided to buy a book. Okay? And the title of the book was No Bad Dogs. Ah, walang bad dogs daw. Written by Barbara Woodhouse. So one night, uh, the dad went upstairs no, to see his child. And his child said, Dad, uh, I read this paragraph from the book, No Bad Dogs. Okay, sabi niya, In a dog's mind, a master is to be loved, honored, and obeyed. Uh-huh. And, so, and sabi sa book, thousands of dogs appear uh, to love their owners. Diba? They appear to love them by wagging their tails, following them around. Okay? But sabi ng author, This outward show is not enough. Okay? A dog, sabi ng author, who chooses to run out of the house every time the door is left open shows that he doesn't really love the master. Okay? He just loves yung comfort sa bahay niya. So, sabi ng author, what is true love? True love in dogs is obvious when the door is open and the dog chooses to stay with the master. Again, what is true love though? True love is when the door is open and the dog chooses to stay with the master. The question I ask of us today is, when I have an opportunity to wander away from God, do I choose to follow Him? Or do I choose to follow the world? Again, when I have an opportunity to go out the door, do I choose to follow God or do I choose to follow the world? The real test, my UECP uh, family, is when God swings the door wide open, what will you do? When God swings the door wide open, what will you do? Will you follow Him or will you follow yourself? Remember, trials don't break us, but our decisions do. To end, I'd like to give this verse to all of us. It's found in Psalm 138, verse 8. Uh, this verse um, can encourage, uh, hopefully it can encourage you in the same way it has encouraged me. This is in the New Living Translation version. It says, The Lord 
will work out His plans for my life. For His faithful love endures forever. The Lord will work out His plans for my life. So how do you know when you're not trusting God in life? It's when you have frustration and fear. Because when you are not trusting God, it means you are trusting your own plans. So when life doesn't make sense, we have to keep on trusting. God wants me and you to trust in His wisdom, to trust in His timing, to trust in His word, to trust in His plan, and to trust in His love. So again, God just wants us to trust Him with all of our life. God bless everyone.